Do you know where your children are? Because they best not be listening to Better Buddies. Because we're living, living in the moment, the moment. So don't look back, it's a long, long road ahead. A long, long road ahead. Hello, and welcome back to Better Buddies podcast by friends for friends with friends about friends all things friends and are you pouring wine oh did you hear that i'm sorry that was tea. <laughs> <laughs> You're cracking a cold one with the boys <laughs> on better buddies podcast better buddies podcast perfect to crack a cold one um it's very hot actually i just poured some on myself why don't no, calvin you're supposed to pour the tea in the cup it's a small cup then get a smaller pot. No, then there's not enough tea. Well, then get a bigger cup. But I like the small cup. It's actually not my smallest cup. I have smaller cups. So what I've just heard is it's your own fault. It's a good cup. It's like this. It's supposed to be like this Japanese-style ceramic cup. And when I bought it off Amazon, when I opened the box, there was like a piece of paper. And it was like, this product does not contain lead. And I wasn't worried about that until I read that paper. <laughs> I, was, I was like, that didn't really cross my mind. Now I'm worried. Well, as Calvin worries about his lead, I am your host, RJ. That was Calvin. Uh, also with us tonight, we have Eli. Hello. And John. Hello. Ooh, good intonation, both of you. Hey, high five. That was really good. That was like together. That was good. Holy. Hopefully, well, that, hopefully it wasn't RJ's end. <laughs> uh, we'll find out the hard way. Um, before we get into the Better Buddies icebreaker for the for this recording session, I have some sad news that I have to break. Um, not related to the podcast. I just am saddened by the news that Terry Jones of Monty Python passed away today at age 77. Oh, I saw that. The world is, depending on your point of view, either a little less or a little more funny. So a moment of wow. silence Ouch. for Terry. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, to be fair, the Monty Python guys would probably like that joke. <laughs> I mean, considering John Cleese, uh, his eulogy for Graham Chapman was like 20 minutes of destroying the audience with ripping on Graham Chapman, I think I'm good. <laughs> So a small moment of silence for this fallen comedian. Okay, good enough. Um, and then, oh, I also there, did. Did you hear um, last week as well? Uh, Christopher Tolkien passed away. I do remember hearing about that. We'll have a moment of silence for him too. It was the son of J.R.R. Yes, and he was the editor that um, did almost all of the works that you see. Um, Lord of the Rings outside of the original trilogy in The Hobbit. The only thing published in J.R.R. Tolkien's lifetime was The Hobbit and the three books of The Lord of the Rings. That's it. That's the if without Christopher Tolkien, we would not have the Similarillion, the complete history of Middle Earth. We would not have all of that expanded works because he went into his father's notes and like compiled them all and edited them all and got them good enough to be published. Wow. A moment of silence for the Tolkien. Okay. So the Better Buddies icebreaker for this evening 
in honor of these fallen creatives, what is your favorite comedian or comedy group and why? Ooh, that's a question. Hmm. I, I changed it at the last minute because I thought it would be uh, more in tone. In tune? In tone. Well, you see, it's the uh, Better Buddies podcast group. <laughs> Are you saying this podcast is a joke? Uh, it is. Have this you listened to it? <laughs> <laughs> I got to think about this for a second. I don't listen to a whole lot of comedians like stand-up yeah, comedy. Neither do I. I. I can go, though. I do have one. Um, I would say that my favorite comedian would have to be Bill Burr. I don't know a lot of comedians, but James and I have been watching a lot. Watch, we'll watch, throw on his comedy specials on Netflix um, every now and then. And there, I always find them really funny. Nice. I've seen a little bit of his stuff and he's, he's pretty good. I give him credit. I, I do love uh, George Carlin comes to mind. Although his his he almost gives like a sermon <laughs> instead of just stand up routines, <laughs> but I just I just love how his attitude and just you know he's one of those comedians that make you go oh shit wait <laughs> okay I should start writing these down. Well, you have an audio format to always go back and listen to. That's an excellent point. I'll just do check you, back uh, on Friday. <laughs> do you have one, or do you need a little bit more time? Me? Yeah. I have one. So, um, I don't watch a lot of comedy or anything, but there's this sketch group on YouTube called Foil Arms and Hog. They're an Irish comedy group. Hmm. They just do like little five minute sketches every Thursday about random topics, and they're hilarious. Nice. Have to check them out. Um, Their most famous one is like playing a game of Risk, but as the countries. I think. Like anthropomorphized. I feel like I've seen that somewhere. You probably yeah, I, I probably it showed you. it to you, but there's this bit where they're like, Germany, why aren't you being competitive? It's like, oh, no. You don't like me when you see my competitive side. <laughs> 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 so you're saying it wasn't your, your favorite comedian is not this podcast. Okay, I I understand. There's time. <laughs> Just not yet. If, if we're going with uh, YouTube comedians, I do got to throw a, a call out for Gus Johnson. Why? He's his bits are so funny. He released a video called "My Life as a Non-Star Wars Fan," and he just talks about like <laughs> I'm feeling great. My life is wonderful. I'm gonna go outside and not argue with people. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So that that's Gus Johnson. He's actually from Wisconsin. So oh neat. I think my the comedian I'm gonna have to go with is Patton Oswalt. He's just, oh, he's good. He's just a, such a solid dude. And his specials are always just that re- super relatable, like, he's a, let's face it, he's an overweight dude who's a nerd, which I can relate to. But he also just, like, his last special had stories about his daughter and taking care, or last special I watched of him taking care of his daughter and, like, a clown who is just, come here, you're going to have face paint. It's like just really relatable stories like that that I can get behind. He also has such a great, unique, like recognizable voice, you know? Oh, yeah. And I didn't, oh, for the longest time, I didn't realize he voiced uh, Remy in Ratatouille. I know, dude. <laughs> I just watched that film. It was on Disney Plus, so I was like, I enjoyed that one. 
He's also the voice of the main character in Minecraft Story Mode, the Telltale game. Yeah. Really? I didn't know yeah. that. There's something else he was doing, I thought, that surprised me. He was in uh, the reboot of MS3TK. Yeah. He, he was really good in that one, too, because he, like... I mean, it's it's part writing, part delivery, but his insistence at being called TV son of TV's Frank. <laughs> I really like that. <laughs> and he just, he played that, like, awkward dude really well in MST3K. And he, he did it with enthusiasm, which I think is really the key for that sort of role. You have to be enthusiastic about what you're doing when it comes to something corny and goofy. Yeah. So I, um... I had a fun experience this past weekend. It sounds like it wasn't that fun. Well, it was at Walmart. Oh, that's always fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was Sunday. Uh, after lunch, my dad and I went to Walmart to go grab a few things. Just like, uh, he needed like a light bulb and I decided to just grab a couple things, whatever. But one of those things, we went to check out the $4 movie bin. Because, you know, it's four bucks, and depending on what you get, you can find some really good DVDs. And I was debating between getting either the first Terminator movie or the first Predator movie, because I haven't seen either one. And my dad said, oh, go Predator, go Predator, if you're going to pick one, go Predator. So I grabbed Predator. We make our way up to the self-checkout. He checks out his light bulb, whatever. I check out my first two things, scan the DVD. A singular light bulb, not a package? Nope, singular. It was for a reptile cage. <laughs> oh, okay. That makes more sense then. No, like, he just broke into buy a box. A singular light bulb. <laughs> so he bought his light bulb. I bought my scanned my first two things, and then I scanned the ter- uh, the I know the movie I want. The Predator. I scanned the Predator movie, and the light went off. Right at our employee assistance. Blah blah blah. Whatever. So you stand there for a couple minutes, wait for the employee to come over, and she approaches, and she's pretty jovial, and makes a joke about. Oh, hmm, I don't know if you're old enough for this movie as I'm handing her my license and I'm standing there six-foot bearded individual. And Sounds like your average 12-year-old. Yeah, yeah, about 11. Definitely. Were you wearing a trench coat that could have fit three kids? I mean, <laughs> if nobody looked too hard at my jacket, there might have been at least two kids. Um, <laughs> and my dad made a joke about like, oh, yeah, yeah, I don't know, you better check. And I, of course, trying to just being me and playing along, it's genetic, I can't help it, go, oh, yeah, I'm just, just barely old enough. Just barely old enough. And she plugs it in, and I go continue on my way to go pay. And she's goes to kind of stand with the other, it was like the self-checkout lane with, like, the cart, the conveyor belt versus, like, the single kiosk things. Yeah. But they're right next to each other, and she goes to kind of, like, stand in the kiosk area as I'm going to pay, and she says, oh... You're going to watch that today? Like, around 5? 5.40? Wait, did she ask you out or something? Where's this going? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is quite the plot twist. And I was I turned to go pay, and in the instance between, are you going to watch this today? And the question of, at 5? <laughs> my entire, like, momentum shifted to survival mode. Oh, what did you do? Like, kill her? Like, like <laughs> going all over the place, Sergeant. I didn't want to kill her. I didn't want to kill her. I wait, didn't wait, kill wait, her. Wait, wait. You said you didn't want to kill her. <laughs> she's alive and well, to my her. knowledge. To my knowledge, she's alive and well. But 
And of course, this is a positive podcast. I'm not going to be mean, but I was not inclined towards any sort of relationship beyond this passing relation, two ships passing <laughs> the night of customer and employee. And so I stared directly ahead of the screen, continuing to pay for my objects. Well, my dad steps in with the, oh no, he's probably not going to have time today. He's got to head back to Madison tonight, today, so probably won't have time. And she, and he also has a little quick conversation about coffee and how, oh, I should have grabbed some Keurig cups. And she's saying, oh, we can, we got coffee here. You can go. He's like, no, no, it's fine. It's fine. I don't have to go through. (laughs) And I grab my things and we leave. And we were like beelining toward the door. And we have to walk all the way across the store towards the door that's closest to our car. And as we're beelining, we both like have silently agreed, do not look back. And don't stop. (laughs) And he's asking me, like, what? Where did that? What happened? Where did that go? Where? How did that get? I hate to say it, creepy. And I I was like, I had to point out to him, like, yeah, it it was this switch over from, are you watching that today? To at a specific time. Yeah. Hey man, she shot her shot. That's true. That's true. I have to applaud that she gave it her best. It's like that uh, one uh, girl's grandpa that tried to set her, uh, John up with her at the diner. <laughs> yeah, that was... Uh, I had no clue who the girl was. <laughs> yeah, so for your... Uh, Eli, um, we were we were all catching dinner... Or dinner, breakfast, um, on like a winter break after... like I think it was like sophomore year of college or whatnot. And we're just at our local diner in town. And as we're leaving... Um, this gentleman stops John and John's wearing his school's uh, sweatshirt and he, the gentleman's just like, oh, hey, do you go to that school? And he was like, yeah. Um, so the guy's like, oh, my uh, my granddaughter goes there. Uh, do you know such and such? And I, you were just like, I don't remember, John. You were just like, uh, no, I, I don't, don't think so. <laughs> and he's like, so then the old man's just like, yeah. She's like dating this guy. I don't like him. You should like. You should go and talk to her. Oh, shit. oh a, wing, a wingman comes out of the horizon. <laughs> this guy has no clue who I am. I have no clue his who his granddaughter is. And us being the good friends we are with John, we immediately left him and just went to the register to pay. This is true. <laughs> no, I was not there for this brunch, so I managed to make it out alive. Though so he's like, I don't know this guy, but I'm one of them in my fame. Let's do this. I don't know this guy, but he's he's better than. Well, he spent how long listening to you talk with your friends? Like he probably got a good, pretty good like bead on what kind of person you were. I would have thought that would have made him not want someone like in our group, though. Yeah, I was kind of thinking the same thing at the time. Yeah, but let's be real. Out of all of us, like John is probably the most upstanding one. Yeah. <laughs> John's changed since he went to college. You don't know. John's Never. changed, but he hasn't changed the way the rest of us have. That's probably true. I don't know. I think the thing with me that, like, weirds me out the most in retrospect of my encounter is that she had my license and could see how old I was. I could not tell how old she was. She could have been 23. She could have been 33. She could have been, thir- like, 40. I couldn't tell. 
Hey, man. Did she, like, pull out her phone and take a picture of your address? <laughs> oh, that's... Then, then you got problems. Oh, God! I didn't even think that was on there. No. You're like, why are you doing this to me? <laughs> hey, man. She, she comes to your house and holds out, like, throws rocks at your window and throws out, like, a Predator Blu-ray. <laughs> Predator 2. Yes, she's got two in the She's got like a a t-shirt can or something, but instead of t-shirts, it just shoots DVDs of the Predator. No, 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 no. She's got to hold on to the movie to guarantee her entrance. It's definitely given me a new perspective on how other people feel when they're approached. Yeah. It was a first experience. What about you, Eli? You have any good stories on that? Uh, No, I'm pretty good. Haven't had had, uh, that sort of experience. (laughs) You're, uh, You're not missing out. (laughs) <laughs> based on this uh 50% of this podcast uh I don't think you're missing out. No, no, I think uh pretty good. I'm going to count my blessings until I go to the Walmart Blu-ray bin and then I'll see where that goes. <laughs> Maybe that should be the new strategy. This is the hot new dating strategy out there for all you gents and ladies and everybody else who's struggling a little bit. You go to Walmart and you go to the $4 movie bin. Now you got to be careful. Because there's a lot of bummer DVDs in there. But if you find something like Predator, Terminator, The Expendables, um, what, other, what, what are some other good movies you could find in that bin? Pokemon, oh, the can, first Pokemon movie. You can find everything in that bin. It's Walmart. Walmart has everything. Oh, but they change out the stock of DVDs in there. Because sometimes they got some real stinkers, like the uh, those like action movie combos, but they're movies no one's ever heard of. Or, hey, these are three movies that this same actor was in, but you haven't heard of any of them. So you gotta find a good movie to, like, pick up. You take the movie, and you go to the self-checkout, and you gotta make sure it's a rated R movie, so they have to come check your ID. Mm, And that way, they're forced to interact with you. Yeah, the Walmart Blu-ray bin mixer hasn't gone well. (laughs) (laughs) I listened to a podcast, they said I would try that, and nothing (laughs) happened! I have five DVDs of The Expendables, and I don't know what to do with them. Not bad. Well, There's listener. a conversation starter. Just bring five <laughs> of the same movie. <laughs> what are you doing with five copies of The Expendables? Looking for someone to watch them with. <laughs> well, there you are. <laughs> you busy at five? Say 540? <laughs> well, the title says Expendables, so I want to get more just in case. <laughs> Oh, no, sweetie, Expendables are if you want one-night stands, you want something long-term, you need to get Predator. Or, if you really want something, get the Adam Sandler 2-pack. That's how you get enemies. But which two movies are they? Uh, it doesn't matter. Grown Ups and Grown Ups like, 2. limitless combination there. <laughs> limitless. <laughs> I'm no math major, but I think you can quantify that. <laughs> Not the limitless. No, no, see, the problem is... That every time you try and make a combination of two Adam Sandler movies in one disc, it encourages him to go make another movie. So it was okay when he made like five or six movies or whatever, but the minute someone took two Adam Sandler movies and put them onto one disc so you could buy two at once, he said, well, now why are they're not going to buy five? They're only going to buy four. So I got to go make another movie so they keep buying five. 
Did you hear what uh, Adam Sandler's response was to Uncut Gems not getting any Oscar nominations? Yeah. (laughs) He said he was going to go out and make the worst movie ever. (laughs) (laughs) He's going to make Pixels too? The Academy was like, all right, go ahead, Mr. Sandler. (laughs) I'd like to see him try. (laughs) Yeah, Jack and Jill already exists. (laughs) So he'll make the sequel. He'll get the uh, gonna... that's what it that's what it's gonna be. It's gonna be Jack and Jill, the squeakquel, and he gets the chipmunks in on it. <laughs> I thought it was gonna be something dumb, like went up the hill harder or something. Hang on, <laughs> that wasn't dumb. Jack and Jill, hill harder. <laughs> Jill harder. Or, or what if what if he just makes what if he makes his own endgame, the Adam Sandler extended universe? The like, Adam Sandler cinematic universe. <laughs> I think before we like, get to no, Sandler no, like, Endgame, we have to get to Two Jack, Two Jill. Two Jack, Two Jill. Two Jack, Two Jill. <laughs> but what I love imagining is the protagonist from all the good Sandler movies must fight against all the shitty uh, movie protagonists. <laughs> Who is the shittiest Adam Sandler movie protagonist? That's a. I mean, I feel like the Ridiculous Six. I haven't seen that one. Oh. Is it that? Is it that bad? I don't know. It's really offensive. So. <laughs> <laughs> Uncut gems. <laughs> See, that's well, a I shame. Know, I haven't I've, seen the movie. So. He, he's pretty. He's pretty bad trailer. in that movie. I mean, I mean, bad as his character. He's actually really good in that movie. But yeah, that, like I saw one trailer for Uncut Gems, but I was like, you know, I actually kind of want to see that. Ooh, pixels. Pixels are going to be on the side of good, though. Like, it wasn't a good movie, but it's got a uh, Peter Dinklage in it, and you know, Dinklage has got to be on the good. Well, that he's on the good, but we're talking about Adam Sandler v. Adam Sandler. So, like an army of Adam Sandlers. So, who's the best Sandler then? Like, who's going to be the Iron Man of Sandler? <laughs> <laughs> These are the hard pressing questions. I'm not prepared for our day. All right, we're going to have to look up the list of Sandler movies. Can oh, you God. can you tweet at Adam Sandler using the Better Buddies Twitter account? Absolutely. Pitching this as a movie idea for his worst movie ever. Okay, hang on, I gotta get to Twitter. Okay, thank you. Oh, this is gonna be like the last time we podcasted, RJ, where you, uh, <laughs> what, what was the tweet? You tweeted at J.K. Rowling. Uh, I so believe the happened, tweet was. We, get, we gotta back it up a little bit. So, in a couple of our lost episodes from, oh god, was that four years ago now? I don't think it was like two years ago. Oh, I was older than that. Because we I did it over the summer, and. No, that had to have been after a freshman year of, high school, of college. It would have had to have been after sophomore year because I was uh, working at camp at my after freshman year. All right, so three years then. Three and a half Podcast, years. 2017. Yeah. So we had three. been discussing Harry Potter and J.K. Rowling's uh, tweets about Harry Potter and how she would go and change things. I believe it had just come out, come out that uh, the new canon was that there were no toilets in Hogwarts for many years. Uh, people just defecated on the ground and then disapparated it. Yeah. <laughs> That's now canon. I forgot about that. That's so cool. That's so, one word for it. <laughs> we, where, where did it all go? I don't know. Okay, sorry. It, anyway. Yeah, it breaks your own rules because the whole point is like, oh, you... It has to go somewhere. Can't be created or destroyed. And so, well, shit, they could have been like they transfigured it, but anyways, they made it disappear with magic. Yeah. So we tweeted at her after changing my 
uh, Twitter handle to Beat Bop Boop. Um, oh, we did do that. <laughs> changed it to Beat Bop Boop after I managed to like go through two emails that I weren't I wasn't using anymore to reset the password to get into the account. Was something about like Harry and Hermione should have been together. Yeah, we uh we tweeted that um like Ron and Hermione should never have been together. Hashtag Harry and Hermione forever. Something like that. We never got any response on it. No, God no. So I have Twitter pulled up. It's the Better Buddies podcast Twitter. Can someone please look up Adam Sandler's uh, Twitter handle so I can tweet at uh, him? Adam Sandler. Twits. I'm going to need some guidance because uh, this is my first ever tweet. I'll give you three Your second guesses. ever tweet. Yeah, it's at Adam Sandler. <laughs> so, uh, yo, at Adam Sandler. There we go. Okay. Uh, what are your thoughts? What are what's our Twitter? Hmm? RJ, what's our Twitter? Uh, Better the Better Buddies. Buddies podcast Twitter handle is at Better Buddies Cast. We're currently tweeting at Adam Sandler. Uh, yo, at Adam Sandler. Um, All right. Characters. So I was typing in Better Buddies um, into Google, uh-huh. and I tried to press. I pressed like down to go to my previous search. Um, apparently instead of pressing down one more time and then enter, I just kind of pressed enter. So I searched better than sex cake. <laughs> that's a, that's a real thing though. I'm, yeah. Well, clearly it is. He just looked it up. Well, like the cake. <laughs> so hang on. Did you just search better and then tap down instead of just typing it all out? Yeah, because it's in my search history. I was going down because it's like in my toolbar that I can just go to the the Podbean site for Better Buddies. Um, that also means you've searched better than Sex Cake. No, it's it's just pulls up uh, oh, auto completes. Okay, okay, sure. Next Calvin. week, Better Buddies cooking episode. I'm so, in. how's this sound for the tweet? Uh, yo, at Adam Sandler, what are your thoughts on the worst Sandler movie being Sandler Endgame? All good Sandler characters versus all bad Sandler characters. See, I. Like, good and bad makes it feel like it's a morality thing. We're talking about, like, the quality, you know what I mean? Uh, all don't, quality? Don't, 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 don't pull in the quality. Just say all of your previous characters' battle royale. Okay. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. Being Sandler endgame, question mark. All previous... Adam Sandler BR. Characters, <laughs> oh, no. You know. It's coming free to play this fall. <laughs> I play the shit out of that, and you know it. This is how I, we go I just tweeted Adam Sandler. Are you ready? Boy, howdy. That's my first like tweet oh, that isn't there it is. There's that. Oh, shit. I just see an article. Adam Sandler responds to little Twitter account. <laughs> <laughs> In talks of developing Adam Sandler VR movie. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit, we did it, guys. <laughs> it's like Ready Player One, but all of the characters are drawn from Adam Sandler source material. The Sandlerverse. Yes. So... God, I just... Lost your th- train of thought? I did. Maybe Sandler stole it. Oh, Eli, you're a movie buff guy. So what are your your thoughts on uh, Oscars? Uh, Oscar noms. Oscars are shit. I, I, I just, didn't win enough awards. No. Hey, go away, RJ. <laughs> <laughs> um, hang on. I'm pulling up my thoughts. I posted it on Facebook. Uh, the, like, obviously, the, the awards are the awards. You know, don't get too peeved about it. Yeah. But yeah. I, I'm... I'm genuinely annoyed that Greta Gerwig didn't get a nomination for Best Director. 
And what Mostly did she direct? This Little Women. Oh, okay. And Little Women has six awards across numerous categories, but apparently all those things just came together on its own. You know what I'm saying? So who did get Best Director? Yeah. Uh, director, we have Scorsese for The Irishman, Todd Phillips for Joker, Sam Mendes for 1917, Tarantino for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Bong Joon-ho for Parasite. Hmm. I've seen all those movies except for Joker, and that's on my list soon. So, um, oh, I really want to see 1917. I might go this weekend to go see it. It's really great. I definitely recommend it. Um, but no, I just wish Greta Gerwig would have gotten it because Little Women got nominated for Best Picture. You know, one of the best movies of the year, but not her as the best director. I don't know. I just get really annoyed by that. No, yeah, I think you're right to be annoyed by that. Because, like, there's, it's like you said, oh, all these other six things came together on their own with no one at the helm. Okay. Yeah, it's just, it just doesn't make sense to me. I actually wanted to see Little Women, which is so outside of my usual, like, categories. Like, I was just surprised that I was like, oh, I kind of want to go see this. It's still showing in theaters. Maybe I'll go. I definitely recommend it. It's my favorite. It's uh, Spoiler alert, it's my favorite movie of 2019, so I love it to death. All right, we'll get out. Really? Yeah, that was by far and away my favorite movie. All right, how does it feel to be wrong? Wait, about? Wait. <laughs> about your favorite movie of 2019. How can I be wrong? Because <laughs> it was Are you going to be watching that today at, at like 540? What? <laughs> what? You're going to go and see that movie today at like 540? <laughs> Oh, wow, that took me way too long. RJ was just pulling up the showtimes right now. Yeah, I was like, like, what What are you talking about? I mean, Um, no. (laughs) But uh, for some other Oscar takes, uh, uh, again, disappointed of the lack of female and uh, minority representation, but, you know, whatever, they suck. Um, The Oscars do, not the minority. (laughs) No, 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 you heard it here first. You heard it here first. Eli is a racist and a sexist. (laughs) Um, No, disappointed by that. Um, Shocked that A24 didn't get a lot of nominations. Their whole lineup this year was really stellar. And the only thing, the only movie that got uh, nominated was The Lighthouse for Cinematography. What else did they put out this year? No, they put out a lot. They put out Waves, they put out The Lighthouse, Midsummer, uh, uh, The Farewell. Um, they put out a lot of movies. The only oh, one I recognized was Midsummer. Yeah, they do a lot of, uh, they're like the border between like mainstream and sort of like hipster shit, I guess. Well, considering I didn't even hear of like three of those four movies. Yeah, same. <laughs> the only ones I'd heard of are Midsummer, Lighthouse, and then Uncut Gems. Oh, yeah, Uncut Gems, they did. Um, no, yeah, I'm just, they had a lot of critically acclaimed movies this year, and the fact that only one got nominated for one category is just really shocking to me. I'm starting to think the whole, like, both, well, the Oscar award ceremony's been a bullshit for years, but even, like, critics, I'm starting to wonder if it's just kind of a whole sham. I just, I don't understand. I, I need, may, Eli, maybe you can explain it to me. I don't understand how there seems to be such a big disconnect between critics and audiences. How do you mean? That's like forever, though. That's always, I feel like, going to be a thing. Like, all of those things were critically acclaimed, and maybe those aren't the best. No, those probably aren't the best examples, just because, like, nobody heard of them. There's no way audiences are going to show up. But, like, I guess genre films... 
And again, maybe it's just like my scope of awareness is too limited to really like have a good read on it. But it seems like way too often critics will praise something, or at least more often I've noticed recently, critics will praise something really well or just absolute shit on it. And the uh, audience reaction is the opposite. Well, I think a big part of that is critics sort of look at a lot of films contextually within like the cinematic landscape. So a perfect example would be Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, the new Quentin Tarantino movie. Mm -hmm. Um, It's like a technically an amazing movie and some people absolutely love that movie. But I've seen critics, uh, specifically like cultural critics complain that there's not a single black actor in that movie. Um, it glorifies a time in Hollywood where it was basically impossible to get a job if you're a minority. And so for them, the cultural implications of the film itself and what it's representing is fundamentally, I don't want to say flawed, but like undercuts the beauty of it, if that makes sense for th- for them, for them specifically. So an audience member who's like, I just, I really want a fun, like two hours at the movie theater. They're not going to be thinking about, oh, where's like, you know, this, this, and this, what is Tarantino trying to say politically with this? Whereas critics go in with like a laser focus of, okay, what is Tarantino making comments on about things? If that makes sense? So it's like the English teachers in high school when the text says the wallpaper was blue and they're saying, what does it mean that the wallpaper was blue? Does it represent his depressed sorrows? And it meant that the wallpaper was blue. Yeah, right. It's just like, you know, uh, you know, it's entertainment for some people. It's art for other people. And, you know, even within those two spheres, there's tons of different interpretations. So to answer your point, why there's that disconnect, I think, you know, it just comes down to, you know, the general human condition of other people watch things for one reason and other people watch things for another reason that's all like that's pretty much all i got okay it just and again like part of my not fully understanding seems like their job is to indicate like hey this is a good movie to watch or a bad movie to watch but if it is if it doesn't fit what you they're looking for in a super specific way that doesn't necessarily give a good indicator of if it's worth watching yeah and i think I think the important thing is I, I listened to some critics on podcasts and somebody that guest once said, oh, I, I, I'll just, you know, I need to discredit like or not discredit, but I'll say that this is my opinion. And the critic says, oh, just share your opinion. Like you listen to a reviewer knowing it's their opinion. And so, yeah, what they're doing is just essentially a subjective indication. I don't think most critics, unless they have their head up their ass, are like, here. here's the objective quality of this movie. Okay. This movie is objectively 2 out of 10. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> as God is my witness, an empirical 2 out of 10 for this movie. Well, it just kind of seems that way with, like, uh, and again, this probably isn't a good example to go to, considering what you said earlier about the YouTube comedian who isn't a Star Wars person. Ah, let's not argue with people. But, like, the episode 8, if I remember correctly, scored really well by critics and horribly by fans. And then 9 was a mixed success on both accounts. I think that's the case of critics went into that movie seeing it as oh, Ryan Johnson is doing, like, undermining a lot of things in Star Wars to bring it into a new direction. And critics were like, thank God somebody's doing something new with Star Wars, whereas a lot of legions of fans are like, you ruined Star Wars, you know, you changed Luke, you changed this, 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 and this, you can't do that. So I think that's sort of what you're talking about. 
That makes sense. So uh, you said your favorite movie of 2019 was Little Women, despite being wrong about that? I mean, I, okay. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you're really hitting that one home. Avengers Endgame. <laughs> you know, yeah, RJ, when you so shared me, movies. you shared with me your top 10, and I was like, that's exactly the top 10 I imagined. That right there. <laughs> I'm not surprised whatsoever. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's wrong. You were surprised that Kubo and the Two Strings was on there. Ha 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 ha. No, I'm talking about top 10 for this year. Oh, for this year? Shit, I have to go back and look at that. Um, talking top 10 movies? Yeah. Did I even watch 10 movies this year? I, that was what I was trying to think. I was like, <laughs> did I watch? Like, I've watched 10 movies, but did I watch 10 movies that came out yeah, this last year? I did from 2019. I saw exactly 12 movies in 2019. <laughs> and so... The movies I saw, oh god, what were they? I'll have to just quick pull them up because it really was like fifty percent Marvel. I have them right. I have them right here. If you want, <laughs> well, I can pull it up myself, Eli. I'm a big boy. Right. I want to hear RJ's list, Eli, from his um, mouth. Yeah. Nope. That's no from your mouth. <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, I I know I can say it better. So. All right. Oh, so my, oh Eli, please, please, for 2019 in numerical order. Uh, number one, Avengers Endgame, Spider-Man oh Far From Home, Toy Story 4, Star Wars Rise of Skywalker, The Lego Movie 2, the second part, Pokemon Detective Pikachu, uh, John Wick Chapter 3, Parabellum, Six Underground, Klaus, and number 10 is Joker, with honorable mentions, Captain Marvel, and Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. I forgot that movie came out. I'm, yeah, I'm looking at a list of movies that came out this last year, and I'm like, oh my god, I forgot like half of... Oh, I was excited to see that one, and I missed it. it huh. yeah, mm, uh-uh, no, not my thing. Oh well. <laughs> I read the book as a kid. so uh, I would have to say, for me, no particular order, because I'm just looking at a list. Mm-hmm. But movies that come to mind from this list that I really enjoyed this last year would be... Um, let me see here. Uh, Alita Battle Angel... I really enjoyed that. Um, the Highwaymen, a Netflix film. Um, the new Godzilla, King of the Monsters. I thought that was great. Uh, where did, what was another one that I was just looking at that I enjoyed? Those three for sure come to mind. Um, I enjoyed The Irishman. It wasn't the best, but I, I thought it was like half an hour too long. Mm. It's like a three-hour movie. It's like a three-and-a-half-hour movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. I, I read the book. Or I'm halfway through. Oh, really? No, oh, nice. Yeah, I still need to see the movie though. But setting aside three and a half hours, it's, a little challenging. Yeah, <laughs> it's a th- thing. Eli, what was your list again? Did you send me your list? Uh, I posted it on my website. That's right. Yeah, which a quick plug if if you allow me, Elias yeah, Stokes. EliasStokes.com. E L I A H S T O K E S dot com. I'm gonna go there right now. Yay! Uh, but, uh, quickly summarize uh, my list. I have number 10 is Honey Boy, directed by Alma Haral. Uh, number 9 is Book Smart, directed by Olivia Wilde. Number 8 is Parasite by uh, Bong Joon Ho. Number 7 is The Lighthouse, directed by Robert Eggers. Number 6 is Greener Grass, directed by Jocelyn DeBoer and Don Luby. Uh, number 5 is Pain and Glory by Pedro Almodovar. Uh, number 4 is Klaus, directed by Sergio Pablos. 3 is Jojo Rabbit, directed by Taika Waititi. Uh, number 2 is Knives Out, directed by Ryan Johnson. And number 1, Little Women by Greta Gerwig. Not even a single Marvel movie. What's wrong with you? Uh, 
I'll be I'll be honest. I'll be honest, RJ. I, uh, I almost walked out of the theater twice this year, and it was for two movies on your list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what two? Uh, the Rise of Skywalker and uh, Spider-Man: Far From Home. You almost well, walked out of Far From Home. home? Yeah, I, Far From um, Home was not great. It's okay. I'm sorry, man. That humor was not. <laughs> it was really right. It was grading me. <laughs> There's no accounting for taste. I haven't. Yeah, felt yours. <laughs> compelled by a Marvel movie since Captain America Two, which came out in 2014. I am very much aware of my biases. What What made you almost walk out of uh, Rise of Skywalker? Yeah. I hated every single second of that movie. How really? dare you? I'm, I'm not a Star Wars fan, but... Okay, I'm sorry. I've spent the last, like, two weeks arguing with Star Wars fans, so I'm just going to keep this very, like... That's tactful. fair. No, I, I, I don't... Yeah. <laughs> but I don't really understand if you don't like gonna... the new trilogy, because I'm not a huge fan. Of the <laughs> but that's the thing. I really like the new trilogy. I like The Force Awakens, and I like The Last Jedi. I was like, I'm interested in seeing where this goes. And the main reason I dislike Rise of Skywalker so much is because it actively undermine the whole setup of the last jedi which regardless yeah. of your opinion of the last jedi it's so bad to just completely upend a setup like that and just as a writing standpoint it irritated me so much i'm not even like super invested in star wars but the act of that just really made the movie a non-starter i think in the That's business fair. this is what they would call a dick move <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I, well, I, ori- well originally right. it was a, a third a different director but he opted yeah. out and so did you see his like scripts got kind of like the major plot points of his script got leaked and it actually sounds kind of decent yeah it sounded interesting i kind of wish we had seen that film instead of another abrams but that dude doesn't have the best track record so (laughs) who would have wanted to direct that after the last jedi though with how people felt about it how some people felt about it uh for more very loud minority For more opinions on the most recent Star Wars trilogy and Kathleen Kennedy's bullshit comments on it, see episode three, the Star Wars episode of Better Buddies Podcast. That's right. (laughs) Yeah, just remember, we're not a movie podcast. Uh... Not a movie podcast, but you want to hear my top ten movies of the decade? (laughs) Go for it. So, for the decade, in no particular order, except there's a little bit of particular order, uh, (laughs) number one, Avengers Endgame. 2, Toy Story 3, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, Blade Runner 2049, Kubo and the Two Strings, Spider-Man Homecoming, Mad Max Fury Road, Baby Driver, Passengers, and Rogue One, A Star Wars Story. There's some good films on there. That was in no particular order, right? It was in a little bit of an order. Okay. After about, like, five, it was in no particular order. Is Endgame really your favorite movie of the decade? Yes, but for one very specific reason that is particular to me. Can you enlighten me? I can. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, you... I'm going to leave it hanging. <laughs> no, I'm going yeah, to leave it hanging. So, oh. it actually goes all the way back to my childhood. So, like, my dad had these boxes and boxes of comic books. That's how I got into superheroes and comic books. But as an 8-year-old, 10-year-old, whatever, particularly when I was younger, I was told, like, yeah, the comic books and cartoons but you'll they'll never get a good marvel movie you'll never get a crossover movie you'll never see more than one superhero on the screen at a time and it's always going to be kind of relegated to the background like yeah the spider-man trilogy was coming out they had the x-men movies but nobody was it was just all like okay whatever and then iron man happened and for the next 10 years of my life 
superheroes became popular. And something I was interested in and that I thought was the coolest thing ever went from being, fuck you, you nerd, to, hell yeah, it's radical. And then to finally, I'm 22, and we have the ensemble. Everybody said they'd never do an Iron Man. Iron Man won't succeed, but it did. Avengers won't succeed. You can't put that many heroes on the screen together, but it did. And it just... Guardians of the Galaxy won't succeed. They're too niche. No one's going to know who they are. No one's going to want to show up. But it knocked it out of the park. And to go into Endgame with these heroes and these stories that have been a cornerstone to my life, and to have it be a three-hour movie that people paid to sit down and watch, three hours or more... And to break the box office doing it was just, it was, it, 10, 20 years ago, it, I would have been told it'll never happen. But it happened. And the moment that I was sitting in the theater, and they're beaten, they're, they're watching as Thanos is standing there, having obliterated their compound, that they, they don't have... A snowball's chance in hell of beating him the way they're battered and bruised that they are. And for Falcon to radio in on your left and the portals open and they just start streaming out. Just. I don't know. It touched me. Ooh, I got chills from that. Yeah, me too. Like Good explanation. I, Thank you. When Spider-Man swung through a portal, I rather audibly said, fuck yeah, Spider-Man. <laughs> okay, now I understand. Thank you. <laughs> it really is like a super personal thing for me. And I, like I've been joking well, about are, with Eli's are. favorite, I get that it's very biased. Well, it's like, I totally, even like non-comic book fans I've talked to said Endgame is one of their favorite movies because it is this like, accumulation you know it's like a once in a lifetime event we may never know if they'll ever pull this off again we see people like trying to replicate it but you never know if it'll happen so endgame was like an event more than a movie and i think it helps a little bit that like we've in leading up to endgame you had these other companies trying to do that with dc and the justice league with uh universal's monster uh verse they were trying to do the same thing as quickly as they could and just failing while there was still that slim chance that right at its pinnacle Marvel could fall and it didn't. Yeah. I, yeah. It's <laughs> a good point. I, d I didn't do a top 10 of the decade, but if you're curious, the number one would definitely be Francis Ha and then number two would be Moonrise Kingdom. So, well, I had to call through 105 movies having gone through each list on Wikipedia and seeing, okay, did I see this? Yes or no. And good Lord, I forgot some of the movies I saw that happened in 2010s. Yeah. I just pulled up like a list of the, the Rotten Tomatoes, like the 200 best movies of the 2010s. And I'm, I was scrolling through it and I was like, geez, there's a, I, like, there's a lot of movies that are like, I really enjoyed. Calvin, every movie we've seen together happened in the 2010s. Uh, we met in 2008, so I bet we saw a film or two before then. <laughs> I don't think we did. Guys, the best You're film saying of the we decade. didn't, 
we didn't see a film in all of the fall of 2008 and all of 2009. It's possible. It's possible. I doubt it. Let's see. Let's see. Films in 2009. Pacific I mean, Rim. Avatar. Pacific Rim was 2010s. Holmes, um, Green Hornet. Star Trek. Green Hornet was 2010s. Remember that one time we saw Transformers 4? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> that was a three-hour movie I regretted paying for. Yeah. Four is Mark Wahlberg's introduction, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That that one was like the I I kind commercial? of enjoyed the first Transformers. I was like, this is like kind of just fun. Um, the second one, I was like, eh, it's still just kind of a mindless blockbuster film. It's not bad. Third one. I was really kind of straining. It had its, it was like, yeah. And then like the fourth one, I was like, no, nah, I can't even handle this anymore. So <laughs> the interesting thing is I actually thought the, the fourth movie was good. Like at least the first half, but it feels like three different movies throughout the runtime. Cause it is. Yeah. <laughs> because it's, if I remember correctly, which I'm trying not to, um, <laughs> you've got the uh, transformer bounty hunter, who is coming to kill Optimus. Yes. Lockdown. You've got the humans who are making humanoid Transformers out of the Transformium they've been mining. Yep. They all start to look like Megatron for some weird reason. Yeah, for some reason they all look like Megatron. <laughs> I wonder what that could mean. And then you have Megatron showing up again to, like, oh, now I'm going to do the things. You've got, like... To He's do like his reborn. thing. Yeah. And, like, you've got that dual thing with Megatron coming back of the humans using Transformer builds for evil and Megatron using them for evil. And then you've got Dinobots. And then Optimus Dinobots. gets a sword. Yes. And that's like, what we learned from Pacific Rim, that and, every and hero needs boots. a sword. He gets rocket boots and just flies off into space as well. I will oh, yeah. say I watched the Bumblebee movie, and I really enjoyed that. I, I did hear you. people enjoyed the Bumblebee film. It, was, it reminded me a lot of, like, a movie... I would have ate up as a kid. It had a very nostalgia feel to it. Nice. Yeah, if I, you know where like the the Michael Bay Transformers felt like movies for you know edgy teenagers. Yes. <laughs> Bumblebee felt like just genuinely good kids like that. <laughs> a movie for them. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, not a movie podcast. Definitely nope, not. Not a movie podcast in the slightest. I'm I'm pretty sure at least ninety percent of this podcast runtime. This episode was devoted to movies. Oh, so that's because I'm here. Do you not want <laughs> well, to talk about the streaming Also, RJ's wars? story, while a story about Walmart, did actually involve a movie. <laughs> yes. Hmm. Well. And uh, Terry... So, we can blame RJ for bringing us down this path. It doesn't help that Terry Jones was a movie director, and that's how he started off the episode. Well, I didn't you know. vote for you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, are we going to run out of budget for the ending of this episode? Probably. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> RJ, right there, you need to cut off the audio. <laughs> <laughs> I could. I have that power. This part out. <laughs> no, now, now edit this part out. <laughs> no, this part. I'll probably just edit all of it out. Just leave it as a five-minute episode moment of silence for Terry Jones. Just say, yeah, yeah. We're going to have a moment of silence, about an hour of silence. (laughs) (laughs) That that would make such a great podcast. It's just a series of, like, silences for various celebrities who pass away during the week. (laughs) It'd be the easiest podcast to do. I know. (laughs) A moment of silence. And you just go back through the list of, like, in remembrance of, like, 
in remembrance. Oh, fuck. Now, now that I have to say it, I can't think of an actor. Who the who the fuck was Snape? Alan, Alan Rickman. Rickman. A moment of silence in remembrance for Alan Rickman. Dude, if you do this for 2016, you're going to be at it for four years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like that's the point. You could go for forever. Yeah, because time is moving forward and people are dying. People keep dying. Please, time isn't moving forward. It's moving in circles. Timeline? Time does not move in lines. It moves in circles. That is why clocks are round. Yes. Such <laughs> logic. Did you guys hear about the species of shark that's walking? What? Apparently what? scientists have discovered a species of shark that walks on the bottom of the ocean floor. Yeah, they play on San Jose. <laughs> they play hockey <laughs> in San Jose. <laughs> I try, guys. I really am. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on, let me find my drum kit. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll be honest, I went in on that joke and it just did not land like I thought it would. <laughs> I, I should just leave. It was like, is that a soccer team? Hockey. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say like Eric Carlson, but I figured none of you know who that nope. is. <laughs> uh, no. Eric Carlson. To Google. Away. Uh, Hit you I get... yeah. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Did you get it? No. <laughs> Is I it with K's? Yes, what? Swedish hockey player? Yes. Okay. For the San Jose Sharks of the National Hockey League. <laughs> Good. Good grief. Yeah, I think we should end the episode back where we ran out of budget. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're going to end it back where we ran out of budget. <laughs> You tried, Eli. You tried. You know what? We're, you know, we are not technically a movie podcast, but by God, are we sure as shit not a fucking sports podcast? <laughs> you want to be a sports podcast? Sure, man. Why don't you talk about your Super Bowl predictions? Who you got? Yeah. Uh, right now, um, I'm sitting on supporting the San Francisco 49ers because if yeah, they beat the Packers, as well. they should be – I should support them for defeating my champion, right? Like, that's the way it goes. <laughs> Did you even watch the game? No. <laughs> I, I, I kept up with the score like, on Google. They're both uh, get-out-early teams, and then they just stall. So whichever one of them gets out ahead first will win. Fair enough. That's all they did on Sunday. They like got two or three touchdowns ahead, and then they just ran the clock down. Yeah. There was one point at the end where they, like, or at the end of the third quarter, where they got, like, two fouls. Just to back up five yards to kick the ball farther down the field. <laughs> That's great. Or two Good. penalties. Good. It's like, this is amazing. This is the football I'm here to watch, and I don't normally watch football. Yes. Watch the football, do the sports ball thing, kick it, kick it, kick it. Yay. So, uh, Arda, I'm specifically interested in what you think Kyle Shanahan's uh, strategy is going to be to employ uh, Kittle in the blocking scheme when they give it to, you know, <laughs> Raheem Mostert. Hang on, I want to make sure. I want to make sure I can answer this question. So, I, I, please, gentlemen, please. He needs to have complete silence so he can enunciate properly. So I understand every word he says. Shannon, yeah. Kittle. So I'm, you I'm serious. It, please, you can type it in as uh, he says it. No, no, no. I'm not googling. I'm not googling. My hands are away from any keyboards. They're behind my back. Eli, please repeat yourself. What do you have listening to this to answer for you? Eli, re- seriously, repeat yourself. I want to make sure I get this right. What do you think Kyle Shanahan's strategy is to employ Kittle in the blocking scheme to optimize the runs for Rashim uh, Mostert? 
Well, really, Kittle is, like, he's a tough dude. He's a massive mountain of a man. But if you don't put him in the right spot, he's not going to go anywhere fast enough. So you want to put him on the right Kittle's side of the field so that he can block whatever's coming their way. Is Kittle a receiver? He's a tight end. He's a tight end. Oh, okay. He's got a tight end. Hey, he catches He catches the balls and blocks the bods. Hey, I was right. He blocks people. Boom. There we go. I do sports. <laughs> Do sports real good. I thought it uh, was funny that Matt LaFleur's brother is a coach for the 49ers. Yeah, passing game coordinator. Yeah. Neat. Yeah, that's going to be awkward next Thanksgiving when he just shits on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> what? The the current head coach of the Packers. Oh. His brother works for the 49ers. Ooh, that's awkward. Is it younger or older? Do we know? I don't know. I want to say younger, but... It's a bad scenario either way. Oh, yeah, no, he's eating shit either way. <laughs> See, we could pull yeah. off a sports podcast. As long as Eli's here. <laughs> <laughs> well, we just get Eli and Alex on and let them sports it up while we just sit quietly. And then, like, just make go. dick jokes or something. Actually, no, no, I want a podcast where we ask RJ sports questions, and I just want to hear him vocally contort his way into answering <laughs> questions to not seem like he doesn't know what he's talking about. So next week. Yeah. And you guys just never tell him if he's wrong or not. Yeah. <laughs> okay, next question. This sounds like, this sounds like next week. This, this is the plan for next week, then. <laughs> There's your spinoff podcast, RJ. It'll be called OK Next Question. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. People ask me questions, and I have to try and like answer them and get around it without being... You without bullshit your right best or answer. <laughs> I like and then they just move on without act addressing like, any of it. Act like you belong. I like this a lot. <laughs> Faking it till you make it. File this one in the back pocket vault. <laughs> for real though, next week is episode 13, which means Alex is due for an appearance, so we could make this a thing. <laughs> Was it he only shows up on odds or primes? Odds. Okay. Oh, I should have made primes my thing. <laughs> <laughs> Shoot. Yeah, because you could have done just a couple at the beginning and then you just didn't have to show up again for like weeks at a time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> If you were going to do that, you'd have to commit to the bit, though, so I'm, I don't even know what the next pro like, what, 27? Um, no, 17. <laughs> in between there. That's 17, uh, what, 23? 23, 27, Not 31. 27. Oh, yeah, 31. <laughs> 29. 29. 31. What's after 31? And then they thin out from there. 37 next? And yeah, after that, 41, I'm trying to find the biggest, first, the first big gap. 53. So, yeah. uh, not until you start hitting, like, the early hundreds do they start they going just... longer than, like, eight. And then so, they like, start jumping. Two years down the road, you it'd be time, and we'd have to, like, call you up and be like, dude, you gotta show up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think uh, I think we've I think it's a good spot to uh, pretend to cut it off and then cut it off way back. At, now we're in debt. Yeah, we're in we're in deep in debt on the timing. I'm probably I should probably rush through the ending, shouldn't I? And probably Wait. make a ton of mistakes. Wait, <laughs> I thought we were serious about cutting it off at the budget thing. No, no, now we're not. <laughs> uh. <laughs> well, thanks to you, now we can't. Uh, thank you, gentlemen, for joining me once again. Uh, thank you to the band Problem of Interest for allowing us to use their song, Living in the Moment, off the album Cross Off Yesterday. It's available on iTunes and Spotify. You should listen to it, support small artists.
Um, you can find Better Buddies on Facebook and Twitter at Better Buddies Cast. Uh, we're all, we also have an email, betterbuddiescast at gmail.com. Send in your ideas for icebreaker questions, topics you want us to talk about, questions you want me to bullshit around, uh, friendship problems you need advice with, anything and everything. Just email us. Uh, we're on iTunes and Spotify. Leave us reviews, comments, uh, tell a friend, tell two friends, tell all your friends. The more the merrier. Gentlemen, be a better buddy. 